Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. Our community is a fierce collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm your co-host, Grace Moores, founding partner of Revolution Her. And today we're talking about engaging in play with young children with Susie Begin. Now, Susie wants to give children the best start in life, which is why she founded Alpha's Discovery Kids in 2012, a daycare and preschool dedicated to providing quality education and a positive learning environment. Within bright and cheerful classrooms and outdoor exploration place, uh, sorry, ah, shit. Now, Susie wants to give children the best start in life, which is why she founded Alpha's Discovery Kids in 2012, a daycare and preschool dedicated to providing quality education and a positive learning environment. Within bright and cheerful classrooms and outdoor exploration spaces, little ones participate in Alpha's Discovery Kids enriched curriculum designed to develop the whole child. By becoming an early childhood educator, Susie fulfilled her dream of owning her own education-focused daycare while helping children reach their full potential. Now, Susie shares the foundation of Alpha's Discovery Kids' beloved and celebrated inquiry-based curriculum in her new book, Learn to Play, The Four Pillars Learning System, a handbook for parents and educators to teach young children. We are so excited to talk today about engaging in play. Please help us welcome Susie Beguine. Hi, Susie. Hi, Susie. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. Thanks for coming. We're so excited to dive into this topic and, um, you know, explore play and explore parenting, all of that good stuff. So thank you for being here. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're going to start from the beginning because you obviously, you know, we just read your bio um, and we've known you for quite a few years. You are a very, very, perfect example of someone who loves what they do and seems to be really passionate about education. Did you always know that this path was one that you wanted to take for your career? No, a big no on that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was a late bloomer. Uh, I, I figured out what I wanted to do later in life. And actually the big catalyst for figuring all of that out was when I became a mom myself. Um, and that's when my career kind of took a different trajectory Um, Previous to that, I was in, believe it or not, IT projects. So I used to manage IT projects and I did a lot of business, you know, business related work, which kind of prepared me for what I'm doing now, um, owning a business. But um, I didn't know I wanted to work with children until I actually had a child of my own. So that changed everything for me. Wow. And so when you think back to those days, when you first started to think to yourself, okay, I want to become an ECE, I want to do this. Did you expect the journey to be what it was? Was it ups and downs? Has it been an easy journey for you? It was kind of a slow progression. It kind of happened slowly. So I didn't really, um, you know, I didn't feel it all at once kind of thing. I was, you know, I went, 
so so let me go back a little bit and let me go and tell you a little bit about my story. So I'm going to share a little uh, information for you. So I'm an adoptive mom. So I came into motherhood a little differently. Um, it was a little unexpected, actually, when it happened. So when my uh, my child came along, uh, his name is Gabriel. Uh, that was 19 years ago now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So when he came along, it was a bit of a surprise to us. We didn't actually know that we were going to be selected as parents. And when we were selected, um, we had been waiting for quite a while. And, and the adoption journey is pretty um, tumultuous. You know, you're, you're waiting, you're kind of not mm -hmm. sure if you're going to be picked ever. And then when you do finally get picked, you're kind of unprepared because it's like, okay, all of a sudden you're an instant parent. <sighs> and so when that happened, um, you know, I had to learn a lot about parenting. I, I knew nothing. Like I didn't even know how to change a diaper really. So uh, wow, that's when I went back to school because I thought, you know what? I want to learn everything there is to know about children. And that's really what started me on the journey of becoming an ECE because it really wasn't intentional. I, I was really doing it just as a parent to begin with. And then after that, it turned into a career. <laughs> wow. Amazing. That, that is, is so awesome. That, like that's dedication for you. Most yeah. parents don't do that. So, you know, wow. That's I, awesome. I definitely had a passion for it though. Like I knew yeah. that I loved children and, and I knew that, you know, there was no question that I was going to be a mom. Like even yeah. though, you know, through infertility, I knew I had to make this happen. Yeah. And uh, I always wanted to be a mom and I love children. So that kind of, uh, push me in that direction. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And that's, that's it's so great to see and, and congratulations for everything that you've done and, and you've achieved. And actually, it's your passion that you have and the experience is, has actually now taken you to a step further from being an educator to now becoming a published author. Um, in fact, your book, Learn to Play, was written during the pandemic, which isn't an easy task. I'm sure it wasn't. Can you explain a bit about how it came about and what the process was? Sure. So um, the book really, I wrote it to begin with to help my parents. So throughout the pandemic, what we were doing, we had to shut down, obviously, and we shut down for three months, which was really difficult um, for our parents. Uh, so uh, we we decided we wanted to do something where we would get together with our parents online through Zoom and we would do workshops where we would have the children online with us and we would do like singing and, you know, just little reading stories and things like that, just to entertain them throughout the day a little bit. And what I really found was parents were really struggling. They really didn't know what to do with their kids. They didn't know how to educate their ch children. They think their children are falling behind. Obviously, we know a lot more now two years later. But um, that's what started me on the journey of writing the book. I thought, let me write down what I know as an ECE and what I think parents should know. So, you know, I went to school for many years and I kind of condensed it into what are the basics that parents need to know to educate their children. And that's what I put in the book. And I kind of made it in a handbook format. So I made it really easy to read, um, very simple activities, really simple wording, just to, so like, you know, everybody can can look at it and, and get some benefit out of it. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's titled in such a way, you know, this idea of learning to play um, with young children, you know, whether you're an, a parent or you could be a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, right. Or a sibling. It's such a, it's done in such a way that it's very open-minded, which, you know, I appreciate, right. I, it's something I would get for someone 
you know, especially in, in families, like everyone's different, right? So I I think it's a fantastic open-minded concept as well to these four pillars that you present. We're going to tap into some of this idea of, you know, how to learn to play better. Um, But I'd love if you can share, like in terms of this, the, the book writing process, were there struggles that you faced along the way with sharing your expertise? How did that conversation with yourself go? (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, yes, there were struggles. Uh, it was not easy. But mm-hmm. how I started was I thought, okay, I want I have this book inside me, I know I do. And it was just a matter of getting it out on paper. So how do I do that? So the first thing I did was I enrolled in this little course online, it was a free course. Mm-hmm. And it, it just kind of taught me a little bit about book writing, like, well, you know, you have to make an outline and those sorts of things. And so I started, you know, actually writing. And what I would do is I would set aside, you know, an hour or so per day, just to write down my thoughts and write down how I wanted this book to to be presented. You know, so I made out an outline of and then once I had the outline, it was a lot easier to follow along with how to write it. So I knew that there were sections I needed to write and within each section, there were other sections. So it was just a process like that, where I would um, set aside time every day. But I have to tell you, it took me two years and I wasn't writing for two years. So I I was, you know, gung ho in the beginning and I was writing a lot in those first few months. And then I kind of took a break a little bit. Um, You know, life gets busy, life gets in the way, and then you stopped writing for a bit. Um, So it took me about two years to get, you know, from, you know, the first, you know, the first word on the page to an actual published book. Wow. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Worth it though, right? Like, you know. Totally. And totally so has the response, like, what's the response been like for some of the parents at your, your locations? So actually, all the parents at my locations get a free copy of the book. So everybody gets it for free. Um, I thought I wanted to do that kind of as a gift to my parents. Yeah. Um, and uh, they love it. I mean, some have already told me they've started reading it. They're reading through the pillars. They're understanding more about what we do in the daycare because everything that I talk about in the book is actually what we do every day inside our daycares. So it's nice for them to see what's going on when they're not with their kids, but they can also supplement it with now knowing what we do, also doing those same things at home. Yeah. So important. So important. So let's dive into that a little bit because, you know, well, Grace and I, we have older children now, right? Like we're not so much on the floor anymore playing with toys. Um, so this would have been really helpful for us <laughs> probably about 15 years ago. But, and for um, myself too. <laughs> right? Right. I, yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. It's a huge thing. But as we become adults, you know, we kind of lose that spark of curiousness and that adventure to play. So can you share a little bit about what your book is trying to encourage for adults and, and how it's trying to help us tap back into that fun of play? Yeah, you, you've got it just right, Maria. Um, absolutely. You've got to tap into that inner child. I think that's, you know, I've even said that in the book, if you do nothing else, if you don't follow any other strategies in the book, but just follow one strategy is tap into your inner child. Don't be afraid to be silly. Um, silly is fun. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to just let your imagination run wild. Um, and just follow, 
follow along with the child. That's really the most important thing. That's actually one of the strategies that I have in the book of how to engage with children is just follow the child. And you'll find that if you're following children, it's going to automatically lead in that direction of fun. It's going to lead in the direction of, you know, playing and having fun. And that's really the crux of it is just let yourself, you know, remember back to when you were a child and let yourself be that person again. Yeah, you're right. It's, we do lose it. <laughs> yeah, you do. And I, it's funny. I, I was thinking about this and I, I vividly remember because I'm quite reserved and I, I don't always, um, I think it's the British in me, I think, but it's <laughs> that fun element is, you know, I don't want to make a fool of myself. And I remember when my kids were little going along with that energy and what they were doing and just thinking, oh my gosh, if anybody could see me now, like they would be, but there was always also this, this freedom this it was like oh gosh I'm forgetting the word that I want to say but liberating in terms of just letting go and having that fun and immersing yourself in that play with them and not worrying about what other people think and so there's a there's a lesson in there as well I think for parents too in terms of enjoying that play and and embracing it because it is quite liberating I think Anyway, I remember feeling that. I vividly remember that feeling of of embracing that. But moving on in terms of um, managing families and careers is very busy. And so what tips do you have for busy parents? And are there any tips that you wish more people would, would are more aware of and that they should be taking advantage of in terms of managing that family and, and careers and everything else that's going on with life? I think, um, you know, I want to touch on something you just said about letting go. Um, yeah. I, I really feel the letting go part is really important to this process. Um, and even just in terms of managing, you know, family career life and all of that, I think that the letting go part is is the biggest tip I can give. It's it's when you don't take yourself too seriously and you just like live life. Um, you know, when you're having fun, um, that's that's I think the key. That's that's going to tell you that things are going well. Yeah. You know, especially in in those play environments when you're playing with your child. If you're having fun, then you're doing it right mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's meant to be fun. Now, as far as managing what's happening in the household, I like to look at things from positive standpoint. I like to think of things. You know, we we can we can look at things negatively. Like you know, we have too many things to do. There's laundry piling up. You know, the dinner table. Nobody cleared the dishes. There's lots of stuff going on in the home. But I like to look at things from a positive angle. If your children are smiling and laughing, and um, you know, there there are times obviously when things get complicated, but in general. If they seem happy, things are well, and it doesn't matter what if your laundry's piling up, and it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's it's the quality that matters. The quality of time that you spend together as a family, make time for that, and and try not to take yourself too seriously. That would be my my tip, my advice for for living <laughs> for living it's so in general. True, though, because as women, though, we try to do everything and we can't and so it's impossible to to accomplish everything and so it, mm-hmm. just letting go that's a it's a great tip and <laughs> focusing on the fun and the enjoyment and if the laundry doesn't get done then you turn it inside out and you wait the yeah. other way <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I can't vouch for that sorry Grace. <laughs> 
<laughs> you do that's you, my right? kids motto they do their own laundry and if it's not washed then they have to turn it inside out and rewear it <laughs> it's a solution for sure <laughs> oh my goodness okay I want to go back to this idea of play because you know we talked about as parents you know Grace and I obviously our kids are older Susie your own children are older and um you know, it kind of comes to this point where you have to kind of get creative about different ways to play. Do you have any yeah. suggestions for those parents with teens that are kind of past that young child age? Um, again, follow the child. So what do the kids want to do? What are, What is their interests? One of the big things actually, and this would apply to all ages, but one of the things I talk about in the book is about observation. So observing, having good observing skills, observing your children, what are their likes? What are their dislikes? Get to know them on a deep, deep level. And that applies whether they're 12 months or 12 years or 22 years. You know, you if you observe and you get to know what they like and dislike, um, what they need, what, what they want, their needs, their wants, their likes or dislikes, all those things. If you're observing that, then you can get a good idea of what to do with them. So I can't say there's one specific thing. It, you have to observe them and it's very individual. So every child, some child, some children might like to go for a nature walk and others wouldn't. So I can't yeah. say go on a nature walk, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's individual. Every child is unique. Every, no matter what age, you got to know them. You got to know what they like and don't like. Yeah, and that is great advice in terms of observing them, observing them, because we life does get so busy, and sometimes we we're not always watching or looking or seeing or hearing, like just hearing them talk. Like sometimes they want to talk to us about stuff that we personally, as you know, as an adult, have no interest in. But it's important that we do give them that time and let them. And see the excitement on their faces when they're talking about yeah. maybe the latest video game that you have absolutely no idea what they're talking <laughs> about. But it's just letting them voice that and ask them questions about it. it they, you see that spark and that engagement um, develop with them. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's key. I think it's, you know, what I've seen, I have two younger brothers. And so, you know, there's a big gap between my sister and I and our two younger brothers. Um, So when my sister and I had kids, our brothers were in their teens, you know, as these cool young uncles, and we let a lot of the play bypassed to them when we had family functions, right? You guys go down and play with, with your uncles. Um, But, you know, I've seen as we all start to get older, that the kids still want that as teens, right? They still want like, whether it's, you know, let's all go down and play video games or let's all go and do something fun together. Let's go play laser tag. Like, I I think, you know, I love the work that you're doing in terms of having this conversation about play and um, just this idea that it can relate to any parent, any adult at any time of a child's life, which is really exciting. I I really do think it transcends age. Like this is not about age in particular, even though my book does center around children under six, you can apply those same principles to any age, you know, observe your children, be there for them, watch them, you know, and and play with them, play at any age, you know, we'll go to like a, you know, one of those, um, what do you call those where they, uh, where you solve a mystery together. Oh, the escape room. room. Yeah, the escape room. Like when we get older, we do that together. We're still playing together and we're still interacting. And I think that the main thing is they want that interaction. They want that connection with you um, at any age. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. We (laughs) make our kids watch for, um, like on a Sunday night, we do a family 
family night where we watch TV together and uh, my kids complain that they hate it, but I know they secretly love it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask them maybe. <laughs> That's so funny. Maybe oh. it's just me secretly loving it and dragging them in. I'm not listening enough, am I? I'm, I'm picking sure up the kids. They really do. I'm sure. Yeah. They do. <laughs> I know they're going to make their own kids do it one day. Right? Why not? Oh my gosh. Well, actually, I want to um, touch on something that we spotted on your blog because this is something really fun to talk about. And and you have some incredible content. I'll just share that. So if anyone's looking for parenting tips and tips about children, definitely go check out Susie's blog. And we'll obviously include all the links um, on our website here. But something that you wrote about was turning wishes into goals. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so children have great imaginations, you know, they wish for things all the time, they wish for, you know, they they have wishes, you know, they want to be a unicorn, or they, you know, (laughs) they wish for something. So because of those great imaginations, um, what we want to do is tap into those wishes, but turn them into concrete goals. So you can wish to be a unicorn, or you can wish um, that you want to, you know, one day take care of, uh, of, um, Maybe you, 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 your child is like a healer, wants to take care of others, you know, really interested in that. So I always say, turn those wishes into goals. So figure out, you know, again, it's about observation. It's about observing your child, observing what are those things that they imagine? What are those imaginations? What are those wishes? And then concretely, how do you turn them into goals is by you know, you need something methodical, you need to say, okay, well, how are you going to get to that? So you really want to do that? But how are you going to get to that stage? So breaking it down into steps into little steps that they can Mm. take, as they move forward to turn those wishes into goals, and then those, eventually those goals become reality, you know, what they actually do. So uh, yeah, you can start at any age doing that. And you know, and again, it's it's ageless, it applies even for adults. Yeah. I, I love that because as kids, they constantly want, 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 um, you know, like, I want this, I want to do this. I want so that I, I loved this as a piece of content in terms of how to help them achieve some of the things that they, they want and really giving some thought into setting those steps in order to, to help them turn them into goals and, and achieving it and making it reality. I mean, it's such a great life skill overall mm-hmm. that I think we can all take from. So it, it was, um, yeah, Maria said you have some great content on your website. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, if there's anyone listening that's you know maybe like you and and thinks, wow, you know, this is something that I want to look at for my own future. Is there you know a path that you would suggest someone starting on if they're interested in working with a daycare or becoming an ECE themselves? Uh, so obviously there's an educational component. So you need to go to school. Um, college and universities have programs for early childhood education. So you just choose the one um, that kind of speaks to you. Each each college and university is kind of famous for their curriculum, what they kind of teach. Um, so you you kind of want to look at what curriculums they have, and it has to align with your goals. I've always thought this from even from myself whatever curriculum I was going to employ at the daycare, I had to make sure it aligned with my own belief system, how I think children learn, how I want to interact with children. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I tend to be not very structured. I, I like more of an open type of approach, which allows for a lot of flexibility. And that's why my approach is very inquiry-based. So we're mm-hmm. constantly asking questions and answering questions. That's really what the learning is all about. So um, again, I would look at what's your own personal philosophy and then look for a program that aligns with your philosophy and it's going to be successful that way. And there's a few out there, right? So myself, I I used to be a kindergarten teacher, right? And I can remember, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I can remember looking at the curriculum, um, you know, way back then it was a while ago, it was not very structured, and it was fully play based. And I remember that same kind of conversation with myself, well, what what did I love when I was like, I knew in grade one, I wanted to be a teacher. So I tried to think back, you know, what did I love about learning? What didn't I love about learning? And what would I hope that my own future kids would, would enjoy? Right. So I love that, um, you know, you can ask yourself those questions and, and look at that path as an option at any age. You know, I, we have a friend that just went into teaching a couple of years ago, right, Grace? Like, yeah. And yeah. it's, it's exciting to see. So Oh, we definitely need more teachers in the industry. You know, yeah. uh, we're going through a crisis right now, actually, where um, a lot of people are leaving the field because it's very difficult work yeah. working with children. You can just imagine yeah. um, after the pandemic, we've really suffered. A lot of people have left the industry. So we're always looking for teachers and we're, we're looking for great people who really just love children and want to be yeah. around them and want to influence them. Cause I really believe the most influence you can have in life. And this is why I do this. I feel like I have the luckiest job in the world because the most influence you can have is under the age of six. That's mm-hmm. when their brain is growing at the fastest rate. So you are influencing the trajectory of this child, where this child is going to be in their life has a lot to do with your interactions with them. And so being a teacher is so rewarding, especially in the early years, because you are really making a difference in someone's life. Mm -hmm. So if somebody really, you know, has that in them, um, it's a great profession. Yeah. See, that's where the passion is. Yeah. Because that's what I was talking about. (laughs) I know. You can hear it in your voice. And and obviously we have the privilege of seeing you, but our listeners don't. But your face just just lights up so much when you talk about this. It's it's wonderful. I do have one last question before we do go into our our rapid fire questions. And it's really for... um, for parents, is there is there one thing that as parents you wish they would um, be more aware of in terms of worrying about their kids' educations? The one thing I would really caution parents about is um, try not to make it too formal. Yeah, A lot of times parents, when they think about education, they think about the formal education that they received. So they think about textbooks, workbooks, and all those kinds of things. Um, and look, thinking about the academics, like learning ABC. Well, I'm talking about early years now, but yeah, learning yeah, ABCs, yeah. learning the numbers, learning how to read, learning how to write. All those things are important. But when you approach it from um, an academic point of view or from a structured point of view, you're most likely going to turn off the child. But when you approach it in a playful manner, and that's why learn to play is there. That's what that's what this is all about. It's it's really teaching parents not to take themselves too seriously, um, to really approach it learning in a playful way. And that is the way that children will learn best. That is the way you're going to get them to love to learn. Because children will want to sit in front of a workbook and trace out letters. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's important at some point. 
But first, the best way to trace out letters is get a salt tray and get their finger in the salt tray and tracing out letters in the salt tray. That's way more fun. And they're still learning the letters as opposed to picking up a crayon and tracing, you know, the dots on, on a piece of paper. So make it fun, make it interesting. Um, and learning can happen anywhere and everywhere. So when you're on that nature walk, let's say you are, you're with a child who loves to go on a nature walk. When you're in that nature walk, you're learning science. You're learning about the birds that you're seeing in the trees. You're learning about the leaves, the different kinds of leaves. You know, some fall off trees and some don't. So everything is a learning experience and it can be fun and it can be part of daily life. So it doesn't have to be something formal. So get away from formal and go more into experiential and inquiry learning. Inquiry learning. I've really, I've really tapped into that word. You've mentioned it a couple of times. And I think (laughs) there's a really key piece there, just that idea of that freedom to ask questions and get an answer. Right. And we know as kids, that's that's 90% of what the day is. Yeah. And Why children is are this? naturally curious, like they're naturally yeah. curious. And this is what parents need to be too, is parents need to be just as curious. Tap yeah. into your curiosity, be curious, be curious about your child and your child is already curious. Just follow that curiosity where it goes. I love it. Oh my gosh. So we're all going to play a little bit more, I think, after this. (laughs) And, um, you know, I I encourage anyone out there, you know, if this sparked a bit of interest in you, go check out Susie's website and and take a look at the handbook. Like if it's something that you think you'd like to implement in your everyday, um, then make sure you grab a copy of her book because it's important work, right? It's it's that idea that as kids and as adults, um, there's a lot that we can do together. It's just really tapping into that younger version of you again. All right, Susie, are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So we're going to start with this one. What does self-care mean for you? Self-care. Oh, I've thought about this one really recently. Um, Self-care means doing those things that make you a better person. So doing those things for yourself that make you able to serve others in a better way. So I I, I like to make the distinction between being selfish and and self-care because sometimes Mm -hmm. people shy away from self-care because they think, oh, I'm being selfish. But I like to, to, to make that distinction that you're not being selfish by looking after yourself. What you're doing is actually making yourself a better person so that you can serve others better. And that's not selfish at all. Not at all. So how do you practice self-care? What's your ideal day of self-care or hour? Um, well, I've talked a lot about nature walks today. so I'm gonna go there, but I love the outdoors. I'm an outdoorsy kind of person. So if I can get outside, that's my self-care is just walking around in nature, just being one with nature. Um, that really helps me to, you know, I I do my best thinking when Mm -hmm. I'm walking, you know, and uh, I just love fresh air that that that's self care for me. You guys are kindred spirits. I know that's exactly (laughs) what I love to do too. (laughs) I have um, going back to your the play, like what's one of the things that you love to play doing? Oh, wow. I'd love to do so many things. Um, I would have to say, what's my passion right now? I love biking. I love going on a bike and just, um, I love the speed. I love, like I said, I love being outside. So 
you know, getting exercise at the same time. It's like a win, win, win all the way around. <laughs> yeah. So, and I love biking with other people. So I like going like in a group. So either with friends or even just with family members, my kids, I like to go biking with them. So that's what I love to do. That's fun. Okay. If we went back and we were talking to little Susie, you know, little Susie that was in elementary school herself, what was one of your favorite games to play? Oh, I have a great imagination. So I loved um, playing store. I loved being the storekeeper. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and, uh, you know, I think I had that entrepreneur mind even when I was little because I yeah. would love to. I, I play teacher too. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, right. <laughs> yeah. I loved being the teacher or even the student. Didn't matter. We played school, we played store, um, just like scenarios like that where, um, you know, I just loved um, acting out things that you would see in everyday life. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. just making things up. That yeah. cash register, the Fisher Price cash <laughs> register that actually made the sound cha-ching when it would yeah. open up, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I used to love that too. <laughs> I know my kids love that. The Science Museum in Toronto, they have a, a huge shopping area and the kids would always love being in there. It's um, You're bringing back lots of memories yeah. here. This is, I'm going down memory lane instead of asking you questions. This is terrible. Um, okay. If, if you had a theme song, what would it be? A theme song. Wow. Um, oh, this is a hard one because <laughs> I have not a good memory on these sorts of things. Oh, I'm terrible too. <laughs> don't worry. I mean, you can sing, Susie. You can get as fun as you would like. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, the one that pops into my mind is the Roar song. So hear yeah. me roar. I, I yeah. really love that as a power song. So Katy Perry. Yes. Yeah. I, I love the, the, you know, the power of that. So that would be my theme song is, and, you know, I, I make things happen. Yeah, you do. I love that. All right. My turn. What were some of your favorite subjects in school? Believe it or not, math was one of my favorite. Um, mm. I, I happen to be really good at math. <laughs> That's and good. Uh, actually, yeah, that's one of the things I tackle in my book is that so many people are afraid of math, but there's nothing to be afraid of because math is everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can count everything. So um, that was definitely one of the things I was excelled at in school. Yeah, I love it. Love it. All right, guys. Uh, okay. What was the, the last time, the last thing that you got in trouble for? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Recently? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, oh, that's going to make me think. <laughs> uh, or maybe not necessarily trouble, but maybe that was a good learning experience. How about that? Hmm. <laughs> Wow. Um, learning experience. Let me think. I think she's too, like, she may just be know, doing everything right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's definitely not it. That's definitely not it. <laughs> I'm just trying to pick one. <laughs> I would have I know, she's got more than yes. one. Okay. <laughs> um, sometimes, I guess, maybe following rules. I, I'm not really good at following the rules sometimes. Um, so, so 
I volunteer at um, at a, a soup kitchen, and I I'm not that good at following the rules, so I, I'm, I tend to be a little bit maybe over generous with the food. So <laughs> I kind of got in trouble because I put too much food on the plate. So <laughs> that's a good trouble. That's a good one to get. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. So yeah. where do you where do you volunteer? Um, I volunteer for an organization called Knights Table. So it's like a local food bank and food kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the GTA, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Important to give back. Good job. It is. Oh, sorry, Grace. It is. (laughs) All right. This is the last one. What is at the very top of your bucket list? Wow, I fulfilled so many dreams, but I would say at the top of my bucket list would be, you know, I, I've I've wanted to travel Europe with my family for a very long time. We mm-hmm. were going to do it in 2020. Oh man. Because of the pandemic, it didn't happen. And I thought I wanted to do it before my kids get too old to want to go with me. Mm-hmm. And so now, obviously, they're a little older as well. So I don't know when that's ever going to happen, but I would just love to do a European tour, um, especially like a river cruise would be amazing. That's really expensive. Nice. But um, that would be kind of my bucket list is, is a real nice European tour with my family. Oh, I love yeah. that. We've it both done a bit it. of, you know, and I, I think that's probably as a parent, I mean, as a parent, you kind of look at your kids when they're younger and you see their curiosity and their imagination as they see new things. As your kids get older though, travel for me has been one of those things where I have just loved watching them be fascinated by new places. It's like, it's taken over games and toys and stuff. It's travel. So I hope you get to, to tick that off your bucket list. It's, Mm -hmm. it's quite an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I do remember seeing you uh, traveling in Italy. That was yeah. yeah. We yeah. we managed to squeeze that in in 2019, <laughs> the summer of 2019, uh, for my dad's 70th birthday and my oh, parents' nice. anniversary. Yeah, so we all went, um, and we talk about it. It must come up once a week. We we went for <laughs> three weeks to Italy. Like I just feel like so many memories would yeah creating so yeah. many memories from that experience. Yeah. It was, you do, we, you, you, as you say, you talk about it for such a long time afterwards. Yeah. It's, it's, and I think they realize the privilege of having done that. You know, they talk with their own friends and there's not a lot of, you know, other kids out there that can say, yeah, by the way, I was able to do this. And so they're, I think, you know, it's given them an appreciation um, of what they have here at home and what they were able to do abroad. Grace just did the summer with her daughter, just the yeah. two of them, like a girl's trip. Yeah. That, and that was her ideas. It was, um, she wanted to take a friend to England. Obviously I'm from England and we go back quite regularly, but she wanted to take a friend with her who had never been on an airplane before. And so I foolishly said, well, if you can save up the money, of course you can go. And <laughs> didn't she just, they both saved up the money. And so I had to go really. It was, <laughs> but yes it was it was great in terms of they she had they had an amazing time just being able to you know um go and see different sites and it will certainly be an experience that they'll both talk about for a long time well there's so much history there and that's what I would love about it is just you know being able to be a part of that see everything well hit us up 
if you want like <laughs> tips on where to go, I can yeah. vouch for Italy and, yeah. and Grace can vouch for England. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Two, two major destinations there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this was so fun, Susie. Um, and we're just, yeah. you know, you can tell just, like I said, how much you love what you do. And so for anyone listening, you know, it's, if they're looking for that support for their own children's education, please go check out Alpha's Discovery Kids, um, you know, and all the work that you're doing. We're, we're just so inspired. And you have a new location opening up like you are just on fire nonstop. So we are just so excited to see how things continue to grow for you. Um, and we really appreciate you being here with us. Yeah, thank you. Very Thanks much. so much for having me. It's been great. It's been so it's fun. It's been so fun. Yeah. Uh, So out there, you know, thanks for tuning in. If this episode was um, educational for you or inspired you in some way, please feel free to share this with three other women in your life. Um, You know, here at Revolution Her, if we can continue to uplift one another and amplify these incredible stories like Susie's, um, then we have done our job and it's obviously a job we love to do. So until we see you next time, thank you so much for being here and we'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.